Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, Craig, we're back here on the Ohio win. And, and Craig, we need a palate cleanser. I mean, you know, we do fun stuff. We talk with pop culture people. We have goofy podcasts. But these morning shows when we're, I mean, we're talking about news, there's all kinds of wild, crazy news, news that personally hits home with Texas and everything. So I want to do a little palate cleansing. Um, Beacon Journal yesterday had a couple of interesting traffic stories. And traffic affects us all. Uh, let's start here, and we'll, we'll put the picture on the podcast. Um, 76, uh, Interstate 76 westbound. I take this road. I, I go up and see my mom. She now lives in the Akron area. My sister lives in the Akron area. So I'm very familiar. You know, you, you go up north on 71. You could go across 76 to get through Akron. Uh, Craig, you may take that road. I'm not sure if that's the best way for you to go when you get to the Akron area. But it's a high congested, very busy roadway. Well, motorists were stuck because there was a big piece of industrial equipment that fell off a truck and blocked lanes on 76. Well, if you look at the picture, and again, it'll be on your the podcast uh, page. It'll be the picture for our episode. It looks like a UFO. What do you, what do you think about this, Craig? Well, it looks interesting. Obviously, uh, you know it's it's debunked as UFO, but uh, you know it's kind of a fun, a fun little thing. You know, I mean, obviously, it wouldn't be fun for the motorists having to to wait as this thing was uh, pulled out of there. But um, you know, it, it's it's got to be kind of unique. You know, you you hope no one gets hurt when things like this happen. When what, no matter how they get there, if they fall off a truck or fall out of the sky, whatever. But uh, it, it definitely had to be a little bit jarring to see something strange-looking, you know, UFO-shaped looking uh, on the roadway as you're uh, getting ready for your morning commute. And it's an object used in factories to hold molten metal, hot molten metal. Mm. So, obviously, it was a UFO. It, it's got that weird look to it. And, yeah. and, Craig, I don't know, maybe, you know, we're in 2021, not quite as weird as 2020 was, but definitely a strange time that we're living in America. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be a logical leap to sit and say, oh, my goodness, it is a UFO. But, man, with everything else going on, I'm sure motors are probably scratching their heads going, what is happening here? This is strange. This is crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, of all the things you expect to see on the roadway, you know, tires or maybe a crashed vehicle, you know, you see something that, you know, could could potentially be carrying molten, you know, molten lava, essentially, you definitely uh, maybe want to pause and, you know, hit the brakes a little bit there. It definitely probably woke you up if you were, uh, you know, driving there and you just kind of 
get into that little malaise as you're driving. It probably woke you up a little bit when you saw something like that on the roadway. Probably not good PR because you know, it fell off a truck. It blocked traffic. Right. I'm sure a lot of people. I mean, blocking traffic's not fun for motorists. You know, people aren't like, "Yay, I'm stuck in traffic now." But man, think of the unique PR opportunity. And I'm not sure if this industrial company needs PR, but think of it. You could have guys like, let's say the thing didn't have any molten metal. What what if you just hold it out and put a couple guys dresses you as um, <laughs> Martians in there? Yeah, you, you know it could. And I'm doing the quote marks fall off the the roadway. The guys get out, you know, start dancing. I mean, I wouldn't say to hold guns because that could become right. a bigger problem right. because. <clears throat> You know, now everyone has, well, not everybody, but, you know, can still carry. I mean, I'm sure they might catch fire, but maybe they can do a little dance or something. Or, yeah. Know, would that make us feel better? I mean, it's been a tough week here in Ohio, tough week across the country, you know, big court cases and everything. You know, we need a little levity. I mean, you know. Yeah, it, w- it would have been probably better if, you know, to do that. Um, it would have been fun, funny, but I, I, as long as they weren't blocking the road, I think it would have been right. fun. You know, when when you start blocking the road, then people get frustrated, get a little road rage. If it would have been like in a you know like a median or something, or like a grassy knoll around you know near, and then you have the people come out in the costumes, that would have been very funny, and I'm sure it would have been a viral type video, uh, as opposed to you know a story that they get here about you know equipment blocking a roadway, but especially a major highway. So. Um, would have been kind of fun if they would have had a chance to maybe have some people come out of there in costumes or something, but um, only if well, they, they weren't. Like, hill. Like, maybe yeah. a hill, like, beside, or yeah. uh, like a public place or something. Right. Yeah, because obviously we're not endorsing, you know, stunts that block roadways. And again, it was just a accident. You know, so it fell off a truck. Those things happened. But, and again, it was news because, yeah, I blocked the tr- roadway, and still it had a weird look to it. It kind of looked like a UFO, but I don't know. I mean, I, I it, it kind of have a little love it in day, I guess. So, yeah. uh, but but I can understand the frustration of people there because, man, you get on that road, you got to keep moving. I mean, it's not a road that you can just stop at and everything. And I'll tell you too, um, my wife gets frustrated on that road because there are certain lanes that if you don't turn right away, automatically go into other roads right. and everything. It's just it's a tough road way to look at. I mean. Right. You always need to watch the road, even if you're going down a small street with no traffic. But man, especially that roadway, keep your eyes on the road, you know, keep your focus and, and go from there. Uh, you have a story interesting and not as silly, I guess. Um, Akron is buying, they call it speed humps. And I actually had to check that going, what do you mean by speed humps? You know, but I guess they're portable speed bumps that you can carry from place to place. Mm. I'm, I'm kind of curious about that, and here's why, Craig. Our, in our allotment, we have speed bumps all over the allotment because there's a lot of twists and turns, and people have gone way too fast. And kids kind of run out. Kids can get hit and everything. It, it's a safety feature. And the first week we lived there, we were kind of frustrated because we're like, oh, man, you know, we have to slow down for the speed bump. And right. Well, I'm wondering... If you're not used to the speed bumps and you don't see them, I, I, I'm trying to figure out what's the value in a portable speed bump. Because 
yeah, they slow your car down, but if they're portable and you're surprised by a speed bump on a road, you may not see it in time because, you know, kill your underside of the car, right? Right. Yeah, um, that wouldn't be oh. fun, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a speed bump fan. Yeah, I'm not crazy about it either, but I'll tell you, one of the first times we were at the house, um, well, we bought the house. Uh, I, I was in the area. Uh, we had a couple boxes I put in. I reeled her mess there, and um, my daughter was running around, and she's like, hey, grab your daughter because, you know, people are speeding by here. So I grabbed her and made sure she was in the road or anything. And so, hey, I mean, having kids, I, I get speed bumps. I, I just find it strange. And, and I'm thinking, like, what happens if there's a medical emergency in my house? I mean, even with like right. ambulances can go faster. I mean, they right. still have to fall speed bumps. They can't just, you know, go yeah. real quick over it. So, uh, do you have a lot of speed bumps where you're at? Not, not necessarily in the residential areas, but um, in a lot of shopping plazas, we we definitely do. Um, they've even gotten rid of a few because of their just inconvenience, I guess. Because you know, we have. You know, we're sort of in the long shopping plaza type situations in Sandusky, and you know, there there are some where they have like three or four different speed bumps before you can get to one end to the other, and it's kind of really inconvenient, I guess, when you're trying to like navigate through a parking lot. So mostly the the speed bumps are in the parking lot. Thankfully, I have not really seen any speed bumps in like residential areas, even near schools or anything like that. Now, you might be out there saying, man, speed bump's a great idea. Maybe I'll buy my own speed bump, you know, put it in front of my house, <laughs> keep the traffic down. Well, 5500 bucks a piece. And that's yeah. a little bit above my budget for speed bumps. Yeah, and I'm you got to sell them some way, too, right? You can't just, you know, yeah. throw it out the road. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, they're just, they're kind of eyesores, but then they're kind of, they're always they always seem to be sort of inconveniently placed. I, I mean, I'm not saying that they don't serve purposes, but I don't know. They always to me they always seem like they're in an inconvenient kind of place when they're when they're somewhere. Yeah, you would almost have to have like a road crew on retainer too, because yeah. you gotta get somebody to install it. And you know, hey, I've got a, a brother in law that's really a handy guy, but I don't think he can install my portable speed bump in front of my house if I wanted to. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You gotta be a little bit more than just simply handy, right? I would think so, yeah. Uh yeah, <laughs> very good. All right. Well let us know what you think about speed bumps. I'm not crazy about them either, but eh, if it keeps the neighborhood safe, it's kind of a, uh you know, something I, I guess I can you know live with. But yeah, let us know what you think. I definitely get Craig's point. I'm like super excited about them. And let me know what you do if you see a thing that looks like a UFO in the road. Yeah, <laughs> we don't believe in UFOs. UFOs aren't true, but, you know, hey, you never know these days. So let us know what you think about all that stuff. Again, thanks for supporting the show. Check out our sponsors. Share us with your friends. And, oh, by the way, check out the Hope Interrupted podcast. Another episode is slated to drop soon. And definitely check it out. And thanks for checking out the Highland. Have a great day. All right, back here on the Ohioan. In a former day, I was the editor of a place called the Galleon Inquirer, one of the great small towns in Ohio. And I met this guy, Dwayne Castle, and it's good. One of the things I love about the podcast is you get to reconnect with people. You get to have fun 
talk about Ohio stuff, pop culture stuff, and everything. And get to talk to people we haven't talked in a couple of years. And thanks to the magic of LinkedIn, we reconnected. And Dwayne's here with us talking about uh, his business. And welcome. Thanks for coming on the show, Dwayne. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciated you uh, and I connecting again. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you're the owner of Relationally Driven. Uh, talk right. to us a little bit about Relationally Driven. Uh, it's actually a relationally driven workforce development solutions. Okay, and, great. And uh, that's what I do is I help uh, get a workforce uh, better prepared uh, to do what the workforce needs to do, uh, which involves uh, whether it's customer service, leadership, teamwork, morale, those kinds of things. And so uh, I help uh, get employees uh, squared away, bosses. Uh, you know, we always hear about how uh, people don't leave bad jobs. They leave bad bosses. And uh, my motto is they're not really bad bosses. They're just people who don't know the best way to engage with others. And it's no different than the employees that are complaining about the bad bosses. They don't know how to engage with others either. And so uh, I help people learn how to connect better uh, with one another. Yeah, it sounds like an interesting uh, concept because it works hard for everybody. Um, you, you know, we were talking yesterday about kind of what you do and everything, and we all go for work issues. We all go for work struggles. What kind of motivated you to start this business? I know you've had a career of helping people and working with people and everything. What made you kind of focus more on the workplace part of it? Well, when I became a uh, the supervisor, uh, actually, I became the group lead of a portrait publishing company oh, okay. uh, about uh, 20 plus years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the employees that I had, I had awesome employees, but oftentimes uh, they did not meet my expectations. So anybody who's ever worked in a work environment uh, recognizes that it gets filled up quickly with the drama. Uh, people bring their uh, their home issues into the office. Uh, you got employees that don't know how to resolve conflict with one another. They're bickering and fighting and, you know, all of those kinds of things. And so as the, uh, when I was just uh, one of their peers, it didn't bother me. I just did my job and, and those kinds of things. But when I became in charge and uh, people would like question, you know, I'd give them instructions to go do something and they'd ask me, you know, why? And, you know, my, my old self was like, oh, because I said so. <laughs> and so after another trip to the HR manager's uh, office, uh, when she's saying, you know, because I said so isn't the right answer. Um, and she started talking about all this stuff like buy-in and, uh, and that didn't make any sense to me. You know, I gave them a job, gave them the money and, and people should just be adults when they show up to work. And I ended up being challenged by my HR manager to find a better way to connect with others. And at the same time um, that I was going through that journey of uh, figuring it out, I also had become an ordained minister. And uh, in that process, so I had been reading a lot of books and articles and se attending seminars, figuring out this human connection thing. But once I became an ordained minister, I started having a lot of conversations one-on-one -on -one with people. And I found out the reason that they were bringing all of that stuff, all that junk with them to work was because they didn't know anything else. They didn't know how there's, and there's so much uh, in common between people. Everybody has experienced the drama, trauma, and crisis of life, but not everybody has uh, been trained on how to deal with that in an effective way. So when you show up at work, uh, you're really there 
it's all about you. It's all about uh, how can you get through this day unscathed, uh, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, my goal uh, through that journey was recognizing that, uh, you know, customer service everywhere is horrible. <laughs> um, and why is customer service horrible? Because uh, the team concept is horrible. Like people don't know how to um, connect with the other ones that they're working with. And why is that like that? Because the culture that's set from the top down, the bosses don't know how to do it. And so uh, we just have a whole workforce that is uh, struggling. And so I figured out um, some of the things that we can do to change that. It's a pretty simple, straightforward uh, process. And uh, it's just really more of a mindset change. And, uh, you know, so that's that's kind of how the workforce development aspect of things uh, Great. came into play. Yeah, uh, Dwayne, well, thanks for joining us. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, how has sort of the last year with COVID kind of, you know, how have you been able to handle that and, and, and get with these businesses and help out with workforce development? Uh, what kind of challenges have has it presented and maybe what kind of adaptation has it allowed for for you to work with these businesses? Sure. Um, so actually, it's really uh, been uh, it's affected me as much as it has anybody else. Uh, so people, businesses aren't gathering together for training. The funny part is, is that a lot of businesses don't put money uh, in their budget for training anyway. Sure. Um, and so uh, it, already it's a struggle sometimes to uh, get uh, employers to uh, listen uh, to what it is that you're saying. You know, their their biggest expense businesses have are uh, employee turnover, right? And uh, there's a reason that employees are cycling through the industrial complex. You know, with they're going from job to job to job, um, and it doesn't have to be that way. But when you're trying to talk to the uh, employers, uh, it's really a challenge anyway. And so then when COVID happened. Um, it really uh, uh, put up more roadblocks. Uh, I'll say say it that way. Uh, contracts that I had where I would gather together with, uh, like I train youth. I do. I was doing a summer jobs program that got canceled because you're not getting kids in a classroom. Um, and so, and people were tired of doing trainings uh, online. Uh, there's a lot of folks that aren't doing uh, online uh, stuff anymore. They would just rather go without. And so really, uh, it's uh, it's been a huge challenge. Uh, I've tried to meet it. Uh, thankfully, we're coming out the other end and we're starting to, like, for instance, I'm doing a uh, thing with uh, one of our area colleges, North Central State College. They have the Success Center in Bucyrus. Um, and with social distancing in mind, I'm going to do some smaller classes uh, there starting in May. Um, I do have some contracts where I am able to go in with small groups and do some uh, trainings that way, but I'm not able to do uh, as many uh, large scale uh, kind of trainings. And I know you've done, like you talked about, you, you've got this event coming up in Crawford County. Are, are you also available for individual? Like, so say somebody's listening and say, man, I'm struggling at my work for whatever reason they might be struggling. I mean, can somebody hire you or how does that work if an individual wants to talk to you too? Absolutely. Um, I do uh, personal uh, mentoring, personal coaching uh, with people uh, regarding, uh, see, the, the principles that I teach uh, for the workplace, uh, and that's what they are, they're principles. Relationally driven is this framework made up of three principles. Um, and 
when you apply, when you live according to these principles, you start seeing things happen in your relationships. Well, it's not just relationships on the job. Uh, it's your home life too. It's the people that you meet in the grocery store. It's the uh, people that you're in community with. Uh, when I don't know if anybody, uh, you just were talking about uh, the horrible situation that you're um, dealing with uh, in the media right now. Uh, you know, there's you know, riots and there's, there's, uh, you know, everything's divided. There's side, everybody has to take a side and we lump everybody into groups and things along those lines. I don't think anybody can say that the world that we're living in is a, uh, a nice place right now. And so uh, my goal is to change that. And that my, my personal motto and the way that I teach these classes is, you know, basically love the person in front of you. And yeah. so that translates to, uh, your your home life it, it translates to the way that you work with your cubicle mate uh, it translates to the way that you interact with the customer that uh, instead of that customer being just one more body coming through the door that's going to disrupt my day um, that's a human being that's coming through and I have an opportunity to add value to them and so yeah absolutely so uh, I can teach people how to do that it's a matter of unlearning some uh, bad habits and uh, relearning some some new things. They're basic, but it's it's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Um, but if somebody's willing to put the work into it uh, and uh, you know, have an open mind to the things that we talk about, uh, they'll see their whole life change. I know it, it's worked for me. It works for um, pretty much everybody that I've worked with who is willing to uh, put in the effort. Okay. And um let us know what, what's your contact information. Um, yeah, let us know, and um, we can add that to um, our page. Sure. Uh, what's the best way of, to reach out to you? Someone um, talk to them. Really, I'll talk to them. Yeah, the website is the is the best way uh, because I've got different contact forms, uh, and so I know uh, people can email me through there. My re uh, website relationallydriven.com, and I'm sure you can drop it in. Uh, mm -hmm. And so uh, relationallydriven.com. And then the email is just contact at relationallydriven.com. Excellent. And uh, we'll reach different parts of Ohio, so it may not be feasible for everyone to come to Crawford County. But in case someone's close to Crawford County and say, hey, I want to check them out in person, uh, what's the details of this event in Crawford County you have coming up? Okay. Well, actually, so the uh, Crawford County event itself is for Crawford County residents. Uh, it's, oh, okay. Uh, young people that are entering the workforce. But the training that I'm doing is portable. I, I travel. And okay. so um, – it's uh, this is a four hour boot camp, uh, okay. and basically I'm taking uh, information, um, a, a lot of information. I was doing a 60 hour course for our county's uh, job and family services, and I took the um, the main points, uh, condensed it all down uh, into a four hour boot camp, so that you know, young people who are just entering the workforce uh, or just very new to the workforce, I'm able to. Uh, in that four-hour window, uh, uh, give them a different mindset to take with them to the workplace. It helps them. Uh, it'll help them to get uh, hired, keep their job. It's about getting getting a job, keeping a job, and then enjoying the journey. Because so many people are working jobs that have made them miserable. And why would you work a job that makes you miserable for the next 40 years? You don't have to. Yeah, yeah, and definitely so I, get that. So any of that four-hour boot camp, I can take anywhere. Um, so I travel and then, uh, also I do have, uh, it's available online. I've got some, uh, boot camps, four hour boot camps scheduled for some Saturdays that are online. 
Um, and so you can find that information on the website as well. Okay, so if you're reluctant to travel with COVID, or maybe if you know you're you're far away from where you're at, you can still check out online. Then that's right, and, right? And then if they want to book you, if you they want you to come to their place, go to relationallydriven.com, and you can access it that way too, right? That's right. I, I can do uh, youth groups. I can go to schools. Um, I can uh, do this for for other uh, government agencies, nonprofits that want to have uh, somebody put a concentrated effort into um, their kids and uh, make a difference that way. Very good. Well, exciting stuff. Uh, Dwayne, I really appreciate having you with us. Um, again, check out relationallydriven.com. There's good information there for everybody. Um, it's, um, you know, wherever you're at work-wise, you know, I know with COVID, it's bringing challenges. Either if you've been laid off or just have more work to do just with the um, with COVID happening. Um, yeah, check out the website. And, and Dwayne, thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for having me. You have a good morning. You too. And uh, thanks for checking out the Ohioan, everyone. Have a great day. Bye-bye. All right, back here on the Ohioan. Oh, man, uh, just kind of a, just a emotional week, to say the least. Um, this week we saw the um, prosecution and um, guilty verdicts, which were surprising, but it seemed um, it seemed good that some action finally got taken with the Derek Chauvin case. Again, we're not court experts, but watch the video, um, and I, I think it was pretty clear what was happening there. Uh, but sadly, at the same time, we looked locally, and what happened was there was a police shooting involving a teen here in the Columbus area. Um, we saw some police video from the scene. It looked like the teen was trying to stab, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, another person. Um, and, and honestly, you know, I, I got Richard Coyle here with me from how things work at the Ohio State House, and the whole thing's sad. I'm not going to sit here and go, yay, police, yay, you know, girl. It's more of how can we make this not happen again? And if I can understand maybe the police are right in their policy, but that doesn't mean the policy is correct. And obviously you got to go by the rules around the book right now in a situation like this. But, Rachel, let me know what you think. I mean, I, I think the whole system is failing here. I mean, I have foster kids. It's, you know, I don't think the system's working correctly in terms of foster kids, in terms of giving them the support they need, giving them mental health. I, I, I'm just sad today, just in general. I mean, I don't want to go on this big rant, but I'm sad about what's happening right now in Columbus and Ohio in general. It is. I mean, a child is dead. That is yeah. devastating. No matter the circumstances, it's devastating. Um, and, you know, you think about her family and her friends and the people who loved her and like, that's where we have to start with this. But Beyond that, you know, I, w I used to work in a hospital in the emergency room and we had to we had patients get aggressive, get violent all the time. And we were able to deescalate the situation without anyone getting hurt. And I know teachers who've been telling me the same thing over the last few days that they have to break up fights um, all the time in their schools. And the question we should be asking ourselves is why do we not have a policing system where there also is either training for the police or different types of professionals that you send in with this de-escalation training so that folks that shooting a, a child does not end up being 
the first instinct, the, the first response. And I think that's where a lot of people are, are really frustrated today is why is, why do we expect teachers and, you know, nurses to do things that we don't expect the police to do? Yeah. And you know, this is hit home more for me. I mean, honestly, as a journalist, I can kind of detach myself from stories, even some of the worst stories I've seen for 20 years going, Hey, this is what I do for work. I mean, I'm not a monster. It still makes me sad. But I, I, you have to detach because if not, I should have gotten this business twenty years ago. But I'll tell you, this story this week, I've got a kid um, that lives with us. It's in the system for Franklin County right now. I've got a girl I, I adopted that she's a sweetheart, but she has trouble. I mean, because of her background and because of what she's went through, she has time for she acts out. And she acts out to a point where if we had a policeman over or a friend over, that person would be saying, do you need help? Do we need to protect you? And it's just her. It's just her makeup. And you have to deal with her different than a typical belligerent kid. And just seeing that just scared me. It scared me personally half to death. And this isn't just for a podcast. It's just for me personally. And you might say, hey, these guys normally talk about the Ohio State House. What does this have to do with the Ohio State House? Well, uh, we had an article in uh, Columbus Dispatch this week uh, talking about there's a group, and it's predominantly Republican, the article we had. I'm sure there's probably Democrats thinking about, hey, what could we do too? Um, what do you think it's going to take at the state level where it's not just actions taken right after a horrible story? What's the long-term plan, if it's Republican, if it's Democrat, whoever, that we can see something get done, not I mean, we're not. No, we're never going to totally defund police departments. So I, I mean, just real action to protect people, whatever it might be. Yeah. So there are, and there are several different ways that we could approach this. There's actually a bill that I really like in Congress right now, the Justice in Policing Act, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is, you know, just reframing the way policing is done because it's not fair to the police either to be sending them into these situations where they don't have professional mental health training, uh, you know, or they don't have all the tools necessary to be doing, you know, six different people's jobs. So a lot of these bills is like this one in Congress would, uh, you know, it would work to change the way that we police. It would uh, get rid of profiling. It would stop militarizing the police departments and work towards more community-based policing. Um, because you want the police and the folks in the, the neighborhoods to, like know each other. Uh, so there's lots of different things we can do from a lot of different angles that would help both citizens feel comfortable around the police, but also police feel comfortable going into these situations. Uh, and I'd love to see that happen at the state level too, but it will take constant pressure from Ohioans to make it so that this isn't just a one-off I have to say something in the press because this is a big deal right now. It's going to take people to demand it long term before this bill, any kind of bill gets passed. And I hope the intention's right. I'm not saying it was just a big PR grab, but it's the easiest thing to do is like we all get inflamed, we all get shocked, we get like, upset. Now mm-hmm. we're running to the press. Now we're trying to release bills. Let's do this three, four weeks from now. When the when the thing kind of subsides a little bit in the media and there's and you know just take some action to help people out. I, I wonder and it was interesting because a friend of mine posed a question last night when we were talking about it that you, you were just answering. I love the idea of like a mental health or my dad was a chaplain for the Canton PD. They would take them to drug raids and it was to help police guys help them because they were going for tough instances, but it was also to say, Hey, if you get the chance, 
Could you talk to a suspect? Can you talk to someone you rearrested? I'm wondering, in a case like that, be a mental health worker, a chaplain, or whoever else, I'm wondering, it would be interesting to see a study on how much extra time that gives. So, mm-hmm. say, I mean, think back to the horrible police video we saw the other day. If you had a chaplain mental health worker walking alongside the officer to approach the scene, I wonder what they could do to add extra time. Because the question my friend asked was to say, okay, so if you wait seven seconds, could that pose a danger to the officer than the, the report of five seconds it took for him to start shooting? And, and that's what, I, I mean, I love the idea. I'm wondering how much time will I add. And we probably don't know until they set that rule, but it'd be interesting to see what the result of that change would be because it's a really interesting idea. And five seconds is huge in those situations. Yeah. You know, all you got to do is distract or create just a moment where everybody stops and takes a breath. Um, and we, you know, we have to acknowledge that something needs to change. A, mm-hmm. a thousand, a thousand Americans are killed by police, uh, yeah. just by police shootings every year, which is a lot. Um, and we also know that uh, more black folks, more than twice as many black folks are killed by police every year than white folks. So like, even if we don't agree on what the solution is, we know that our current system cannot continue in this in the same pattern. Well, and that's my issue right now with the political debate, not just in Ohio, but in other places. It, it, it almost comes, and I, I don't want to stereotype everybody, but a lot of times oh. it has an R in their chest. They're like, oh, you Democrats always do this. Or if somebody is Democrat, you say, oh, you Republicans already do it. I wish people would just say, look, I am a Republican or I'm a Democrat. That's important to me. But at the end of the day, I want something to be done and not even compromise from our political beliefs, but just compromise to say, how do we put our heads together and get something that works? Um, You know, I've been talking this week to people who are upset about any type of gun restrictions. I, I come back to them and say, "Okay, then what do you propose we do? Because you can't just say. Everything's the same. I mean, do you impose rougher penalties on those who shoot? And, and again, we're talking more about mass shootings. It's something a little bit different than what happened on, on um, two, this week in Columbus. But it's like if you're against that, how do you propose something that works? I mean, you got to give something. You can't just say, this is so important to me that we're not going to change anything because the system doesn't work. Right. I've got foster kids I'm scared about. And, and I've had the police over to my house, to, not for an internal thing, but we were concerned about someone knocking a door in the middle of the night. I'm concerned about that because I have kids I love to death. What if they do something crazy? What if uh, my daughter punches me during that time? And she's done that before, just based on some of her special needs issues. Would a police guy interpret that the wrong way? I don't know. Right. You want to be able to think that you can call the police during these these d- difficult, right. stressful moments and that the situation won't then get worse. That should not right. be the fear. Um, and so there has to be something that changes. And you're right. There has to be a discussion where folks are willing to meet in the middle. Maybe nobody is perfectly happy with the outcome, but that might be a mark of a good compromise. Yeah. Um, you know, something has to change. And I, I would bet you if we had a Columbus police officer and they were completely honest, it would be, we don't have the information we need. So don't take this conversation as, hey, Rachel and me are just bashing on the police. We're not. We appreciate police. It's just more of, I don't think we're giving them the information. I don't think we're giving them the training and the procedures we need. And yeah, hey, um, sometimes we have to support the police. Sometimes we have to, you know, help their budgets and everything. 
but I'm not sure if we're doing it in the appropriate way. I think we need to do it in better ways to equip them better to handle more problems. Uh, because again, this girl's not in trouble and everything, but I'm troubled by the fact somebody's life is short. I mean, she could be in a jail cell right now. Again, I'm not saying we should just let her go free and get more fights. No, I'm just saying the result of this doesn't need to be in a in a life that's ended. So. And that was a good point you made, uh, funding the police. You know, a lot of times yeah. we, so right now, Ohio's going through this budget process. Um, yeah. and our local governments have been severely underfunded for the last decade. And a lot of that money goes to first responders, police departments. And if you aren't funding the police properly, then they aren't paying for those trainings. So maybe their officers aren't going out with the resources they deserve either, which is dangerous for everybody. So it really is, it's a large issue, complicated with lots of pieces uh, but I think step one is everyone admitting that something is wrong. And let's keep following it. I, I think that, you know, and we'll we'll post a link with the podcast so you can read that if you want. Again, we're not criticizing the effort. Um, my hope is they have the right intention. My hope is they say, hey, maybe this is a bill that we could try and pass through. But I, I think the way I want to approach it, and hopefully you agree, is let's look at what's happening a couple weeks after this happens. I mean, I work at the dispatch. Believe me, there was millions of, and I might exaggerate, millions of web views over this story. So it's the easiest thing in the world for a politician to say, hey, I'll attach my name to what's happening. Mm-hmm. I want to see what happens a couple of weeks from now when you know we're going to get distracted by whatever the latest scandal or the, whatever the latest issue of COVID is to see what's happening up there. I think when that happens, yeah, let's sit down and let's definitely talk about what's happening. Because, again, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, the, the status quo is not working. So how do we fix that? So very good. Um, uh, anything coming up next week? I know we kind of took a little diversion from just talking about the state house, but our hope is this prod somebody to the state house to say, hey, let's make some uh, serious action here. But uh, anything major coming up next week just in state house discussions or? Lots of big things. Uh, that that voter suppression bill we were talking about, that one should be yeah. coming Um there's also lots of movement on those anti-protest bills and the budget just passed the house and is over in the Senate. So next week and the next couple of weeks should be pretty wild at the state house. And believe me, and that's the point of what they're trying to do, how things work at the Ohio state house, get plugged in because it's easy to say, Oh, nothing much is happening. It's happening. And not just on a year oh, yeah. like this one with, you know, police protests and COVID and everything dominating news. I mean, it, it's happening in the SOMA year. Maybe two or three years ago when you say, hey, maybe there's not as much going on. There's always things going on. And if you're doubting that, go look on the Facebook page for how things work at Ohio State House. And they do a really great job, nonpartisan, just saying, hey, here's why you should care. I mean, that's a big question I'm trying to answer. And Rachel, it's always fun to have you on the show. And We'll look forward to seeing you next week. Hang on for a second afterwards. And for everyone else, thanks for checking out the Highland. Let us know what you think. Again, we're not yelling about defunding police or getting rid of all guns. We're just saying, look, the status quo is not working. So I love to hear ideas for how you would fix it. Again, how can we change the status quo to something that we all can agree on? All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope 
To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.